Hola mujer, welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. This episode is going to be a real and honest look into my own story, covering all things how I grew up, my very short-lived corporate career, and how I transformed my life from being an unfulfilled, burnt-out corporate consultant to full-time business owner and coach. And how I was able to start living out my dream of transforming the lives of other beautiful women and aspiring coaches. Like I mentioned in the previous intro episode, there has been a lot to learn along the way. And a lot to let go of in order to get over the fear and find the courage to rise to this level of transformation and fulfillment. But before we dive in, I want to share with you this central idea that your best life is available to you always you are always just one decision one perspective shift away from unlocking the pieces that are going to make up for your most epic legendary life your own liberation is just around the corner and you are taking an amazing first step by showing up here to this podcast and receiving these messages and this encouragement and this support i'm so glad you are here now without further ado let's get into the episode Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, where we talk all things mindset, personal growth, spirituality, and business to live our most fulfilled and liberated lifestyles. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, a former burnt-out financial services consultant turned mindset and business coach. I believe that we have a greater calling in life than just clocking in and out of a job and living for the weekends. So if you're ready, grab your cafecito because your liberation starts right now. All right, let's get this episode kicked off. And I really wanted to do this relatively early on in the show because I feel like so often we feel like if we're starting a podcast or starting a new business, wanting to coach people, wanting to get out there and share our message, we feel like we have to present ourselves as perfectly knowledgeable and effortless and credible, like if we came straight out of the womb this way. (laughs) And that's just not what I'm here for. I'm a human, you're a human, and like our girl Brene Brown says, to be human is to be vulnerable. So there's no sense in running from it, and I'm really honored to be able to share this space with you today and share with you my story, the shortest version that I can (laughs) of what I've gone through, the lessons that I've learned along the way, just so you get a sense of who is on the other side of this microphone. So I guess let's start with childhood. I am a first-generation Cuban-American. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Both of my parents were born in Cuba, and my grandparents, along with my parents, immigrated into Miami from Cuba. I have two older brothers who are amazing, and I have to say we're pretty blessed. Growing up, we really didn't have any major traumas or major negative experiences. We had such amazing family vacations, the most incredible Hallmark grade Christmases and holidays. My mom just went all out, all out, like down to having a golden key that we would lay out for Santa because we didn't have a chimney. Because imagínate, who the hell has a fireplace in Miami? (laughs) Uh, We sure didn't. So she had a beautiful golden Santa key that we would leave out so that Santa could get in and drop our presents. So I, I really do have just such fond memories of childhood as far as my family. 
I think what really impacted me growing up, maybe elementary school, was my insecurity with my body image. And I'm gonna assume that most of us listening are ladies here, and even if you're not, if you're a man, this is all very natural. Um, The women in my family develop pretty early, and I got my cycle, I started my period really early. So by third grade, I was, my body was changing, and it looked very different from my other classmates, so... Naturally, being so young, I tended to be the target for mean comments about my body and my physical appearance. And as we all know, kids have no filter. And I think that this criticism that I experienced pretty early on around my physical appearance and my body gave me the message as a little kid that I needed to compensate for that. So I needed something else to validate me because physically, my belief was that I was never going to measure up. So I dove headfirst into school. (laughs) I was obsessed with achieving, with getting perfect grades, with being a good girl, with um, never getting in trouble, and just being absolutely perfect. I mean, anything under even a 99 or a 98 just killed me. And this continued on into high school and college, this need to really achieve and do well and it was never really about competing with others it was always just something that I needed to feel validated and feel worthy enough at the same time I I never wanted to start conflict with anybody so a lot of things that I deal with now is like undoing this idea that I need to people please because growing up if I was getting attention or if I was the center of attention I thought it was bad attention. Somebody was making fun of me, making fun of my body. So it was like I wanted to achieve so much, but I didn't want any of the attention. I just wanted to hide because in my mind, you know, if I got attention, it would be bad attention and people would see my body and I was so ashamed of it and it was this whole thing. And this level of achievement, although mentally and emotionally it was really harmful behind the scenes, it also led to incredible external results. I was valedictorian of my high school, which was amazing. And I got a full first-generation scholarship to the University of Florida, Go Gators. And I originally wanted to go and study nutrition and dietetics because, as I mentioned, I went through a lot with my body image. Around middle school, I fell into a pretty... I hesitate with calling it depression because I was never... Um, in the short while that I went to therapy, she did not say that I was depressed, but it really did feel like it. It did feel like depression. I was in just such in a bad spot. I was ashamed to even be out in public and I just felt so trapped in my body. I was like, I don't understand why my friends are able to enjoy a body type where they fit in and I don't. I don't understand. So I'm really thankful that even in middle school and as a young child, I've always been pretty good about asking for help when I need it. And I remember we were out to dinner one day. We It was like an Argentinian steakhouse, I believe. And I ordered, you know, like the kids steak. It was like a smaller steak and it came with french fries. And I remember staring at a french fry and thinking, 
I don't know why, but if I feel like if I eat french fries, I'm gonna want to throw it up later. Like I started having a lot of thoughts about purging and like throwing up food afterwards. And we got up from the table and I said, mom, I, I think I need help. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm starting to think about, you know, throwing up and I, I, I just think I need help. And thank God my mom has always respected that without any show without any leo she's just like okay you know i'm gonna look for referrals and we're gonna get you help so the therapist didn't really work out i didn't really we just we didn't vibe but the blessing in that was that she referred me to a nutritionist which like a year ago i found her information in a folder under my bed and she was also a health coach which is why she was so amazing but she really changed my life she showed me that I could recreate my relationship with food and it didn't have to be such an emotional thing and my worth didn't have to be tied to my weight because my weight was always fluctuating and she was like of course it is because you're a woman and as we go through our cycles our our body bloats and then de-bloats and you know you can't base yourself on your weight a weight is just a number it's just a gravitational pull I mean it's your weight can change and she allowed me to find healthier alternatives to you know favorite foods without making it so restrictive and she just completely changed my outlook on food and therefore my relationship with myself so I was in college 18 years old away from home for the first time freaking out and I wanted to become a nutritionist So I was looking at the coursework and the very well-meaning advisors were like, oh, you know, this is going to be a lot of sciences. Did you enjoy chemistry and and all the sciences in high school? Did you do really well in them? Did you take APs? I was like, um, AP is like advanced placement where you can take the, um, the exam and get college credit. And I was like, uh, no, I, I'm not, I don't really, I didn't do that well in science and I don't really like science and they're like oh yeah you might want to reconsider because a lot of people fail chem one here and it's going to be really difficult for you not saying you can't but I would probably reconsider and homegirl was on a first generation scholarship fully paid and getting actually actually getting paid to go there because I was lucky enough to have money back from different Pell Grants and scholarships and uh, so that I used that to pay my living expenses and the sorority that I was in and all that. So I was like, I cannot afford, I legitimately cannot afford to not do well. I cannot afford to fail. So I'm just going to go the safe route and study business. So that's what I did. I figured it's predictable. It's responsible. You can't go wrong with business. And it was actually a really great decision because... UF had an entrepreneurship course, (laughs) which I loved. I had so much fun in that course. The professor was awesome. I became a teaching assistant for that class. And I just knew. I, I I really have always known that I wanted to open my own business. I just always thought it would be later in life. And um, I loved economics. So I majored in that. I loved the analytical piece of it. And just shout out for any CPAs listening or accountants or accounting majors. Hats off to you, girl, because I could not, no me entraba eso, I could not do accounting at, oh, it was, those are like the hardest, I think that was the hardest subject I studied 
in college so hats off to you just had to give a shout out because i still have nightmares about accounting financial and managerial accounting Ooh. anyway then came graduation and <laughs> senior year and i was like okay well the next best step for me is to lock in the big girl job the big girl corporate job with the impressive starting salary y los beneficios and all that good stuff so i went to all the networking events and signed up for all the things all the career help things that uf offered a couple months later i, th I think it was maybe november of my senior year i had locked in my first job Complete transparency, didn't even really know what that job was. I had no idea what consulting even was. All I knew is that they looked pretty fancy. They were willing to pay for my mileage to come down from Gainesville, go for a day for an interview, and go back up. I parked in the wrong parking garage, and they paid for it. It was like $20. Um, every time they were in Gainesville for other events, they took us out to nice steak dinners, and it seemed pretty fancy. So I was like, you know what? This is great. I'm going to have my my PTO. I'm going to have my benefits, my health insurance. This is great. They said there was travel opportunity. You know, me thinking it's going to be like the off travel chance. But little did I know. So I was like, great. This is awesome. Well, fast forward to... <laughs> Uh, the week where I was supposed to fly out to Chicago for training. Miami had just gotten hit with Hurricane Irma. So the airport was closed and they were calling me like, what's the situation? Can you still fly out? And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'm already a day late to training. The next day when word got out that the airport was going to open, they were calling me like, hey, we're we just got you a... A plane ticket to fly you out so you can come meet us in Chicago and get caught up with your training. Which makes all the sense in the world, of course, because they didn't want me to miss out on training, especially for a job where you could start the very next week going to client sites and doing the thing. But I remember sitting in the airport and my mom and my brother had just dropped me off and thinking like, this is not how I want to live my life. It really struck me that, you know, my mom and my brother were going back to to the house to clean up and to deal with the aftermath of a hurricane and still had no power. And I'm like, this sucks. You know, I, I want to be there with my family. I want to help out. And instead, somebody in Chicago called me and said, hey, we need you like come out now the airport just opened a few hours ago you're on you're on a flight let's go I remember that feeling like I don't this doesn't settle right with me I know that this makes all the sense in the world that I need to go and and, and do my training it just this sucks you know and I, I didn't like feeling out of control of my schedule and not being able to be there for my family and that little voice in my head just kept growing from then on I remember in training, a couple days later, we were getting to the end of, of our week there and everybody around me, all the new hires were talking about the road to partner and who they needed to talk to and who they needed to sit next to. And I remember just looking around and something in me was like, no, I don't want it. I don't see myself as a partner, but I was like, well, of course I like, why would, why wouldn't I, I, I need to kind of play into this. Like I want to be successful, but something just didn't feel right. 
like I said, that just grew. <laughs> I think back to that first week and I'm like, oh, all the signs were there, Daisy. But, you know, it just got really overwhelming. If you know anything about consulting, it's a lot of travel. <laughs> like over 60% of your time is traveling. It's very demanding. If you want to work 24 hours in a day, there's more than enough work to fill that in. It was 40 to 50 hours of client work, plus travel, plus non-charge work, which is basically internal work that we do for the firm. I was still very much a people pleaser, still very much a perfectionist, still very much in the practice of wanting to be everything to everyone. And um, that led to very intense burnout. And my ego loved it. My ego loved being in that job and and the raised eyebrows when I said what I did and all that but it just it wasn't in alignment with me and I got to a breaking point in December of 2019 after months of really stressful projects and clients and travel and I just cracked and December of 2019 I just made the decision I am going to leave my job I am going to go all in on this business I'm so tired of living my life on pause, waiting for the day that I wake up and all of a sudden I'm not afraid anymore and all of a sudden I don't care what people think about me anymore and I was just so exhausted and um, I just made the decision, something just clicked even though I was so terrified of what came after that and I had no idea what 2020 was going to be like (laughs) I just made the decision and the rest is history I put in my notice a couple weeks into the new year and I left my job and tried to go at it alone for a while, which I don't recommend. <laughs> I was trying to build a sales funnel before I knew who my ideal client was. <laughs> and um, got myself in a six-month business building program and mentorship program. You know, I'll go into a little bit more of, of this entrepreneurship phase, but I learned so much about myself. I grew as a professional tremendously and um, before long I had my first couple of paying clients and I was completely broken through my visibility fear doing lives on Instagram doing lives in a private Facebook group doing my own challenge and it's just been really really incredible all in this year of 2020 so it's all possible once you make a decision and if I can leave you with anything I would ask you to decide how you want to be remembered what you want your life to be known for and really journal and and think about that. Really journal and think about how you want to be remembered, what you want your life to mean and go for it because you can and all it takes is a decision. So thank you so much for holding this space with me. Thank you so much for listening to my story and I hope you enjoyed it and I'll catch you in the next episode. amiga thanks for hanging out with me today i'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode yes all you gotta do is head on over to itunes drop a review and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast también be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops your support means so much to me and i can't wait to share more with you on the next episode see you then